I'm full of it. Amen. So praise the Lord. I'm not the preacher tonight. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Hallelujah. Slip your hands. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this house tonight. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves here as they've come. Lord, we'll give you all the glory and all the honor. And Lord, I ask you, let the fire of heaven fall tonight. Let the wind of the Holy Ghost blow. Let the river flow. May your cloud of glory be in this house. And we give you all glory and all honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many know we have to have revival in the church? How many know that we have to have a great awakening in the nation? I just read, I was just reading here, the latest statistic out. 47% of mainline pastors now support same-sex marriage, uh, Presbyterian or Reformed, 49%, Methodist, 47%, Lutheran, 35%, and Christian Church of Christ pastors, 20%, are more likely to see nothing wrong with same-sex marriage. We have to have the only hope for America. Listen, the only hope for America is the outpouring of God's glory. It's the only hope for America. Amen. Amen. And as I said last night, if the world could see Jesus as he really is, not the religious Jesus, come on, not the religious Jesus we, that, oops, I better turn my phone off, not the religious Jesus that we get, that the, that, that's been given to the world, but Jesus, if the world could see Jesus as he really is, I promise you, without a doubt, 100%, they'd run to him. Amen. But unfortunately, they see a, the majority of the majority of the church world sees a condemning God. But he's not. He's a loving God. Amen. Now, there is the side of judgment of God. But, you know, and we'll all stand before God and be judged. And, and we have to preach on the judgment of God. We have to preach on the great, the great white throne judgment. We have to preach on the judgment seat of Christ because that's that's something that's going to happen. Amen. But you know what? When you look, when you look at God's judgment, you know God always gives the nation. He always gives the group of people time after time after time after time after time after time after time to repent. To make things right. Think about it. If, 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 and, and, and think about your, think about your standing with God. And see, here's the problem. Most people don't understand who they are. Most people don't understand the family that they're of. Most people don't understand their citizenship. Most people don't understand that we are of the family of God, that we are in covenant with El Shaddai. We have been given, we have been given his name. We have been washed in his blood. We have been given his nature. Hello. We've get, we have been given his life. We've been given his ability. The very one that raised Jesus from the dead is the one who dwells on the inside of us. Amen. And think about this. We can come boldly unto his throne. We can come boldly unto his throne anytime we want. And God wants to display himself. He wants to display his glory. He wants to display his power in our midst. But God needs somebody to call on him. God needs somebody to seek him. 
God can't do anything through humanity until somebody begins to cry out to him. But yet most people, they do not approach God because most people, even church people, see God as a condemning God. But yet the Bible says, come boldly into the throne of God. Come boldly into God's throne. Amen. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. Amen. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he, he, he said, he'll do it. Amen. Actually, the Greek says, and if God doesn't have it, he'll make it for you. I mean, think about it. Th- think about who the one is that's pleading with us, that's calling unto us to seek him. El Shaddai. And think about this. The moment you begin to see who you are, There's a reason why the Bible says if hell would have known what was going to take place in the crucifixion, they'd never crucified the Lord of glory. What is it that hell don't want you to know? Amen? But think about this. Under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, Abraham had was... And think about about this. The Bible says that we have a better covenant established upon better promises. That's why, that's why healing has to be provided for us under the new covenant because it's provided for under the old, right? That's why not only does provision have to be provided for us under the new covenant, but great wealth has to be provided for us under the new covenant because it was, it was, it was, it was given under the old. It was a part of the old covenant. Amen? And it's amazing when you see people's mindset even when it comes to money. Because most people have been religiously brainwashed in that area. Most people have a poverty mentality. But I'm going to tell you right now, here's a fact. You cannot be used in miracles if you have a poverty mentality. You can't be used in miracles if you're stingy. Because people don't understand that money and anointing work off the same principle. When God gives you something, He gives it to you to give away. The anointing God gave me, He gave to me to release to others. And here's what you have to understand. Money and, and the anointing work off the same principle. When God gives you something, He gives it to you to release to others, to benefit others, to, to advance His kingdom. Because here's the fact. Jesus said, if you can't be trusted with unrighteous man, if you can't be trusted with money, then how can He trust you with the true riches? If God can't trust you with money, how can He trust you with the anointing? We have a seat right up here to the front. How, how, can, he, how can He? That's what happens. <laughs> I don't put it to the front. Now, see, let me, let, me see, let me put it to you this way. If God can't trust you with 10%, what makes you think he can now trust you with his miracle working power? People crying out, oh, Lord, use me in the anointing, but they, they're stingy. Because I'm gonna, I, I promise you, listen to me closely. The same thing that will keep you from putting the seed in the offering bucket, the same thing that will keep you from, from sowing seed is the same thing that will keep you from pulling somebody out of a wheelchair. And I can tell you, God had to break me in this area. When I say break me, had, had to, that, that mindset that I had. Because I had a poverty mentality. And that has to be broken because it's impossible. It's impossible to study scriptures. Matter of fact, I have a, I have a CD back there that, that's, that went into the studio. My wife did. 
And actually, it, a CD is like 72 minutes. So I went through the Word of God and just got all the scriptures because I see, I see that there's such, there's such an issue when it comes to this area. If anybody should be wealthy, it should be the body of Christ. Because it doesn't belong to the world. Hello? It doesn't belong to the world. It belongs to the body of Christ. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Do you know everything that's in the earth is God's? And think about this. God, there's no shortage with God. Understand something. There is no shortage. When God is involved in something, when God creates something, when, listen to me, when God is present, there's never shortage. When El Shaddai comes, there's never shortage. Do you realize that he is El Shaddai? He is the God that is more than enough. He's not just enough. He's more than enough. He's not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai. And it's impossible to go through scriptures. It is impossible unless you're brainwashed. It's impossible to go through scriptures it's impossible to start in the book of Genesis and finish in the book of Revelations and come to the conclusion that God wants you poor or wants you to have lack. It's impossible. It's impossible. No, I'll say it again. It's impossible. It's impossible to read Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, the first 14 verses, and come to the conclusion that God wants you poor or wants you just barely getting by. I mean, if, if, listen to me, if wealth isn't for, isn't for the, the, the righteous, why is it that the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous? That's what it says. I have a friend of mine, I learned something. You know, it's important to have people in your life that, that's doing more than you're doing. Amen. No, it's important to have people in your life that's doing more than you're doing. I like to be challenged. And I have a, I have a dear friend of mine who was in meetings up in Canada. And there was this, this guy's name, the guy, I forget his, uh, what, what, his last name's Beverly. But he is a, he's the leading authority on occults. And he uh, came to my friend's meeting up in, up in Canada and because he had heard that, you know, my friends was a cult leader and, you know, that, that this church was a cult, the pastor was a cult leader and all this stuff. So he was sent by, because he's hired by the government to expose cults and he works for a major university there. And um, so he comes to my friend's meeting, sits through the whole thing, and he comes to the conclusion he, he's not a cult leader, it's not an occult, but he has one issue. And that's, the, that, that's his statements in his teaching on prosperity. So he comes to my friend and, and wants to talk to him about it. So my friend says, well, let's meet tomorrow and let's talk. So they, they, met, they, met, they met that next morning for, for breakfast. And, um, and so my friend was there waiting for him. He was sitting at the table with his Bible. And so Mr. Beverly came and um, he sat down and my friend said to him, he said, See, you're, you're, we, this meeting was established to talk about the subject of prosperity, but I noticed you didn't bring your Bible. So my friend says, go ahead, start. Go ahead, present your case. 
why prosperity is not for the church. Present your case. And then he says, well, you know about this Kenneth Hagin. My friend goes, who? Who's that? Well, you know Kenneth Copeland. He goes, who? Who's that? Then he starts naming these famous preachers who believe in prosperity. And, and my friend kept saying, I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. And, and, and so and Mr. Beverly looked at him like, what are, you, no, what are you doing? What do you mean you don't know who they are? He said, my friend said to him, he said, let's pretend like this is the year 1550. Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, all these guys haven't been born. The only thing that we have is the Bible. Now state your case. Why do you believe what you believe? And my friend says, matter of fact, I'll tell you what, let me go first. So he opens up the book of Genesis and just starts reading out loud all the scriptures on blessing. He goes through the book of Genesis. He, he, goes, he goes through the book of Exodus. He, goes through, through, he gets all the way to the book of Psalms. And even before he's getting to the book of Psalms, the guy's going like, okay, stop, stop, stop now. No, no, he wouldn't stop. So he goes through the book of Psalms. And he gets through the book of Proverbs. And so finally, Mr. Beverly says, okay, stop. Okay, you win. You convince me. And so here's what my friend said to him. And my friend said to him this. He said, here's the problem. Here's the problem with you. And here's the problem with people like you. You base your belief on a preacher that you don't like. You, ba- you base your beliefs. You don't like Kenneth Hagin. So, so you, you, you believe the opposite. You don't like Kenneth Copeland. He goes down the line. He said, and the problem is, he said, not only this, you, 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 you lie to people and you lead people astray and God will hold you responsible for their poverty. And I've stated my case and you even said I stated my case because my, my case is stated upon Scripture. Your case is stated upon somebody you don't like. See, the Word of God has to be our God. And let me say this to you. It's not unscriptural to be in a battle. But it is unscriptural to lose it. Listen, faith doesn't make things easy. But it does make things possible. Amen? And you, you, you have to press into the things of God. And when it comes to this subject, when it comes to the subject of finances, listen... Understand, let me, let me put it to you this way. Do you realize that the world is saved? I have people come up to me all the time and say, oh, I want you to pray. Would you pray? I see some of you looking. I'm going to explain myself. Just, just, just hold on. <laughs> Don't put the seatbelt on now. I have people come and say, oh, Brother Richard, you know, my son or my daughter or my, my mom or whatever, they're, they're not saved. Why don't you pray God save them? Listen, I know what they mean. And I don't stop and give them a, a lesson. I, actually, that annoys me, actually. <laughs> you know, when there's always somebody, they've got to correct you with their stop. And I don't stop to give them, a, 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 you know, a 20-minute lesson. Now, it's different when we're behind the pulpit. That's different. It's different when we come to a service. That's different. And so, <clears throat> I, I don't stop them, but I know what they mean. But here's the reality. Let me ask you a question. Does Jesus have to come and die again for salvation? Does Jesus have to come die again? But yet people, people pray, won't you pray God save them? But didn't, didn't God take care of the issue? Didn't Jesus pay the price 2,000 years ago? Come on, on the cross. What, what, listen, there's seven things Jesus said on the cross. He hung there for six hours. Seven things he said. The last thing he said, it is finished. It's the last thing he said on the cross. 
Did Jesus pay the price for salvation? Does he have to come die again? So we don't have to pray God save so-and-so, do we? Why? Because they're saved. But here's the issue. They just haven't received it yet. So that's why we pray that God send forth laborers into the harvest. Why? So, so, that they can, so that they can hear the good news. Hello? So they can hear the good news. Not hear condemnation and judgment. Hear the good news. You know what the Bible says? That's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. So they can hear the good news. Why? So that their eyes might be opened, hear the good news, and then receive what Jesus did 2,000 plus years ago. Right? The world's saved. They just haven't received it yet. Do you realize the world is healed? They just haven't received it yet. Do you know, I got saved in 1982. I could have got saved in 1980. I could have got saved in 1979. Why? Because salvation had already been established. I just didn't receive it until 82. See what, you see what I'm saying? Salvation has already been provided. Healing has already been provided. But not just salvation and healing. Prosperity, blessing has already been provided. Because the Bible says that He has redeemed us. Not He's going to. The Bible says He has redeemed us. That means He purchased us. He bought us back. Right? From the curse of the law. What did he, what, what is the curse of the law? Poverty, sickness, disease, death. He bought us back. He purchased us. The Bible says, listen to me. The Bible says that God laid on Jesus and he took pleasure in it. The Bible says he took pleasure in laying on Jesus the iniquity of us all. He took pleasure. Do you listen? Let me say it to you this way. Do you know God doesn't see anybody here sick? God doesn't see you sick. God doesn't see you poor. God sees you. Listen to me. God sees you through the eyes of redemption. He sees you, listen to me, he sees you through what Jesus has done. And the Bible says that he was the Lamb of God that was led to the slaughter. Matter of fact, in Isaiah 53, I mean, it's so powerful. I mean, I love the, I love the book of Isaiah. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I was talking to Pastor Monty this, the other day and, and, and talking about when I was in Israel. I, there's some things I didn't like, but some things... I, I did like, I love, I love factual stuff. And I loved when I was at the Dead Sea because I got to see K4 where they found the book of Isaiah. But you know, the, this, the, very, the very first verse of the book of Isaiah, whose report, whose report have you believed? And to whom is the arm, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Is it up there? Yeah. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isn't it interesting in just, the, in just one verse? See, everybody wants to hurry up and quickly get to verses 4 and 5. But verse 1 is very powerful. Who hath believed our report? Who hath believed? No, who hath believed? Because the, uh, the, understand something. The impossible can only be manifested when you believe. Because nothing just happens, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing just happens. That's the easy way out. Well, if, if God wants me to have it, it's just going to happen. No, 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 no. First off, there's absolutely no faith in that. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. 
The kingdom of God does not operate that way. The kingdom of God operates by faith. The kingdom of God operates by us seeking God. The kingdom of God operates by us crying unto Him. The kingdom of God operates by us doing something. You have to do something. You had to do something to get saved. You had to believe, and then you had to, listen to me, you had to believe in your heart, and then what else did you have to do? You had to confess with your mouth. You had to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Amen? And everybody just wants to sit around and do nothing, but God doesn't need you to sit around and do nothing. God needs you to rise up and be the church of the living God, act like He's alive, don't act like He's dead, live like He's alive, live like He's risen, come on, be bold! Now be bold. Now be bold. Now be bold. You, you listen. You'll never see miracles. First, you got to believe. But secondly, you got to get yourself in a place where, where miracles need to happen. I remember I had a friend of mine got up and he he went to this church and he he said he said we're going to have miracles tonight. He said if I we don't have miracles tonight, I'm a false prophet and your pastor is a false pastor for having me in. He says that's one way to get the pastor in agreement with you. <laughs> but they had miracles. No, but but he he, he listen, that's why I know God's going to move. I know He's going to move tonight. I mean, I've, I've come to the place to like Charles. You know, Charles Finney used to pray, God, are you, are you not? He was so used to God moving, he would pray in his prayer time, God, are you not going to move tonight? Hello? But we, we have to activate the things of God. No, we have to act. Listen, you have to activate the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Which, understand, there's only a few times you'll see about the arm of the Lord. Just a few times you'll see the arm of the Lord being revealed. But isn't it interesting that you see the, you see the arm of the Lord, which is a representation of God's power. Isn't it interesting within, in, 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 in the verse that talks about God's power, you also see believing. Because you have to believe. That's why Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. That's why Jesus said to the man whose son was thrown into the fire. He said, if you can believe. Notice that Jesus put a stipulation on it. He said, if you can believe, here's what's going to happen. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen? Was it Mark 9, 23? I think it is. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. See, because when you believe, that not only, listen to me, when you believe, then you act. And it's when you act is the kingdom of God activated. That, that's, that's why, and I haven't done much on, on it here, but I mean, a lot of times where we go, I, I'll, take, I'll take a lot of time and teach just on the subject of giving. Why? Because people have to be activated with their finances. Because people's leave, people, people's leaving everything up to God, but God's leaving it up to us. That, that's why the Bible says in, in the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. 
It's a law. It's a spiritual law. Do you realize it is a spiritual law? Just like every time you open up your mouth, do you realize you release a law? Every time you talk, you release a law. Do you realize that? That's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that life and death comes out of our mouth. That's why, understand something. That's why you got to be careful. Life and death comes out of your mouth. Every time, let me say it to you this way. Every time you speak, you either give access to God or you give access to hell. Every time you speak, you either give access to the kingdom of God or you give access to the kingdom of darkness. Every time you speak, you either give access to God or you give access to the devil. Because the Bible says life and death is in our tongue. That's why you have to watch what you say. You got to watch your mouth. You mean, Brother Richard, I'm supposed to watch everything I say? Absolutely. And here's what happens. The enemy will come and get pre- put pressure on you to say the wrong thing. You know, have you ever heard somebody come, you know what, I, t- I just got to get something off my chest right now. No, stop, don't. You don't want to do that. Because you're about ready to set a law in motion. That's why life and death comes out of our mouth. Why do you think the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. Why? Because when you say it, you set a law in motion. There's different laws. We talked about one of the laws last night. There's five different laws. There's the law of sowing and reaping. We talked about one of the laws last night. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the what? The law of sin and death. There's laws. Every time you open up your mouth, you set a law in motion. Do you know... How many, have, have anybody ever heard of a man by the name of Bruce Lee? Anybody ever heard of Bruce Lee? Do you know, do you know Bruce Lee? You know, he said for years, you know, Bruce Lee said, I'll never see my 33rd birthday. And he died at age 32. Do you know his son said, I'll be like my dad. I'll never see my 33rd birthday. He, I think he died at age, like 31. Why? Because he set a law in motion. I have a good friend of mine. Well, actually, he was a really a good friend of my pastor. They were best friends. And... Um, and he, he, he just died this year, and he was a young man in his 60s. And uh, I got to talk with my pastor. Actually, we went, we went to this bistro, and we got this theater in, in, in um, Tampa. It's a bistro. Where you, it's, a, um, it's a regular theater, but up at top, it's, they got these big recliners, you know, these big old chairs, and they come and serve you food during the, during the movie. You ever been to anything like that? I, I, that's the only kind of movie I go to anymore. <laughs> and you, and uh, so we, while we was waiting, on, I think we went to. I tell you, I tell you, I know, I, I know, I can hear you. I wonder what movie he went and saw. I can hear you. I went and saw Ford versus Ferrari, which is a great movie, by the way. <laughs> it's one of the good movies that Hollywood produced. Where there's, you know, it's a good movie. And um, <laughs> well, it's a true story. I love true stories. And um, so, as we were talking before the, they called us in the, to go to come sit down and eat, he was talking about his friend that that, uh, that he just had to fly back to South Africa and do his funeral. He was in his early sixties. But you know what he he always say? He said, "Well, he said I'll 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 I'll, I'll die or I'll leave the earth when I uh, pay for my last child's wedding." He always would say it. Do you know what? He, t- he paid for his last child's wedding and he died. Why? Because there's a law. He's, listen, you, and this guy was used, this, this guy was used mildly. 
but he set in motion a law. And yet, people set in motion a law when it comes to their finances. They set a law in motion, listen to me, with their words and with their lack of obedience to sow. Because every time you sow, you set a law in motion. Let me say it to you this way. When the offering bucket's passed, now forget about just these meetings. I'm, I'm talking about any service you're in. Do you know when the offering bucket's passed, do you realize doing nothing is actually doing something? Hello? What, what I'm sharing with you is a key. To break the spirit of poverty, to break the back of poverty off of your life. Because every single one of you here, every one of you, God has a plan for your life. Every single one of you, God has a plan for your life. Some of you have forgot about it. Some of you have forgot about it. But God has a plan for your life. But the plan that God has for you, in order for it to be fulfilled, money's involved. Amen? And I can promise you, do you know how you can tell the difference between your plan and God's plan? You sit down at a desk, with your plan, you can pull out a legal pad and set down the points of how, it, how it's all going to come to pass. But when God has a purpose and a plan for you, you sit down at your desk with a legal pad and try to <laughs> write down the points of how it's going to come to pass, and you just go, ah! You can't. Why? Because if you can do it in your own strength, it's not from God. Because God wants us totally dependent upon Him. Totally dependent upon Him. I'm looking at people tonight who are healed. I'm looking at people tonight who are blessed. Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Understand, if people can just come into an understanding of redemption, of what took place during that, just in the Garden of Gethsemane, of what took place that day, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when the Bible says that Jesus became depressed, that Jesus became sorrowful, that Jesus, listen, G, people say Jesus was praying so he could be able to handle it. Well, maybe, but I don't know if that I believe that. Could be, but I, I don't see it that way. I don't see Jesus in the Garden praying that he's going to be able to handle the scourging, that he's going to be able to handle the, the cross. Because the reality is, Jesus knew why he came. Matter of fact, the Bible says, before God even created the worlds, he already sent his son. So the Bible says, before God even created the world with his mouth, before God even created the world, he'd already crucified Jesus. Jesus knew exactly why he was coming to this earth. He knew exactly his purpose. He knew exactly why he came. And as he was in the garden, I'm going to show you a little different side to this. As he was in the garden, he wasn't necessarily praying, listen to me, to be able to handle it. And even though it was such pressure upon him that he began to sweat blood. Blood came out of him. Why was Jesus praying then in the garden? For this one reason. Jesus was praying that he would live. Because if Jesus would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption. 
That's why the Bible says, I think it's verse, what, 7, I think, in Isaiah 53. That's why the Bible, at one time, think about it. I might get into this later this week, but think about this. In one verse, just pull up Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 7. He was oppressed. I mean, if you just read the whole chapter and just read the words. Afflicted, oppressed, tormented. Just read the words of just what Jesus went through. How he was the lamb led to the slaughter. And if you really understand the scourging that took place, Jesus says in the book of Psalms, I forget forget where it is, but it's in the book of Psalms. Jesus says in, in, in the book of Psalms, he says that, that, I mean, the, the scourging was so horrific, Jesus said, my bones, they stare at me. Jesus said that my body is as, as a, a, a field that a farmer plows. The historian Josephus, the historian tells us that even during, during, the, crucif- uh, during the scourging, that, that Jesus' whole spine was exposed. Do you understand? It wasn't just a little whip. Like you got from your parents. From, or from my case, my grandma. My mamaw. <laughs> she, was, she was a tough lady. Thank, thank the Lord she's in heaven. But she was a tough lady. And she used to make, and for some reason, man, I, I used to get it all the time. <laughs> but she, she, and she would make me, I don't know how it is in Oregon, but this is in the south. She would make me, she'd make me go get me and my cousin, Todd, she'd make us go get our own switch. And she would, she would leave a leaf on the end, Pastor Monty. And she knew just how to flick her wrist. Whoo, man. And she wouldn't get me on my backside. She would get me right here at the back of my leg. It's a very tender, it hurts me now just even thinking about it. Whoo, And she wouldn't, she'd just go, and I, I start screaming like a little girl. I promise you, I did. <laughs> she just knew right how to do it too. Anybody ever of us have that happen? Oh, just two of us, three of us, four of us. <laughs> I mean, she, 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 she got me good, man. I mean, <laughs> and it was one of those deals. It was, it was, it happened. I like to say it only happened once or twice, but it happened regularly. <laughs> you think I'd have learned my lesson, but it happened regularly. I, I, I grew up thought she had eyes in the back of her head because how, how she know what I'm doing. <laughs> She's in heaven right now. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but I'm not talking about that kind of beating. Listen, there, there was two Roman soldiers, and simultaneously they would whip. And they, listen, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew, they knew just when to yank. When that, when that, when that scourge, would, that cat of nine tails would wrap around, it just dug into his flesh. And they knew just when to yank. And chunks of flesh would go flying. And Jesus said, my bones, they stare at me. He was the lamb led to the slaughter. And listen what he says here. Well, how, where'd that, where's that? Where'd that come from? 22-7. Oh, there you go. I, I, I may tell all my bones, they look and they stare upon me. Now go back to Isaiah 53. What is that? Psalms what? Psalms 22, 17. 
Go back to Isaiah 53. Listen to what he says. The Bible says, He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought, a, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Did you ever ask yourself the question, think, think about this now. In one verse, twice, he reveals to us that he opened not his mouth. In one verse. Why? Understand something. Jesus was just. God is just. He is a just God. And if Jesus would have opened his mouth, you know God would have delivered him. Because God's a just God. If he would have opened up his mouth, and the Bible says twice that he opened not his mouth. We know what happens when he opens his mouth. Lazarus, come forth. We know what happens when he opens his mouth. And I pray pray everywhere we go. I pray, Father... May everyone in, in, in the church come into a revelation of redemption. Because when you understand, it's impossible to understand redemption. Listen to me. It's impossible to understand, to come into a revelation of redemption and then believe that God sends sickness. It's impossible to come into a revelation of redemption and then believe that poverty is for us. It's impossible. Because understand, Jesus took our place. He was our substitute. He opened not his mouth. In the garden, he prayed. Why did he pray? Because he was dying in the garden. And he prayed to live. Not to be able to be able to bear it. He knew why he came. He prayed to live. Because if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption for you and I. And then he, then, then he prayed it through, which that's a term that's lost today. I mean, if you grew up in Pentecostal church, you knew what the, you knew what praying through meant. I mean, modern day Christians don't even, what's praying through? They don't even know what praying through. And that's the pastors and the ministers and the leaders fault. Because many churches don't even have prayer meetings anymore. No, I'm serious. They don't even have prayer meetings anymore. That's one thing I can say about our church. On a weekly, on a, on a monthly basis, we have all night prayer meetings. Will you go? Will you go at six o'clock and in, 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 at night, and you pray nonstop until six the next morning? Let me tell you something happened. I remember the very first time. The very first time my wife and I. I remember it was 1998. The very first time. Now I'd always, you know been a praying person, but I'd never been to an all-night prayer meeting, never. In 1998, I've already been in the ministry now since, now since 85. Now, I come to an all-night prayer meeting, first time. And even then, I, t- I can be honest with you, my flesh, my flesh fought and it screamed. Because I'm thinking, how am I going to pray just non-stop all these hours? But you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> There, there's a point that you hit after a few hours. There's a point that you hit. You just, you just, you, you hit that flow. You hit, you hook up to that river. And I tell you, I remember my wife and I, man, I tell you, something happened. 
No, I'm telling you, something happened. Something happened in the church. Something happened in the ministry. Something happened with us. I mean, something happened. Because it is impossible to call unto God and Him not answer. It is impossible to call unto God and Him not answer. It is impossible. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God said, if you will call unto me, I will answer you. And I'll show you great and I'll show you mighty things that you know not. I know I'm talking, I've, I've quoted this scripture here in this church many times. There's a reason why I'm quoting this scripture. Because there's something God wants you and to get across, wants to get across for Abundant Life Family Church. God wants you to call on him. God wants you to call on him. God wants to move miraculously, supernaturally in your life. But he needs you to initiate. He needs you to call unto him. And I can, I've come now to the place where I look forward now to the all-night prayer meetings. Matter of fact, they've changed it up this year to do a little different. Just to change it up. And I don't like how they've done it. I mean, I, I, I mean, we're still praying, but I mean, I like to get in there at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and this korabanje levreba nonstop, non twelve hours nonstop. The first of the year we did it, and you know what we did? We prayed for twelve hours. The first hour we prayed for the month of January. The second hour we prayed for the month of February. Third hour the. Month of March. I mean, this each hour was a. And let me just tell you something. If I could just tell you the things that have begun to take place, it's impossible to call unto God and Him not answer. Oh, come on, church. Whoo! I'm 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 sharing a whole lot better than you're responding right now. <laughs> Take heed what the Holy Ghost is saying. He wants you to call on Him. He wants you to call on him. But you know why most people don't call on him? Most people don't call him because they don't believe he'll answer. Because if you really believed he'd answer, you'd be calling. And most people don't believe that he'd, listen, most people don't believe he'd answer because they got shame in their life because they haven't been lived a perfect life. But who hasn't? And they think that really most, I'm telling you right now, people in church think that God has something against them. And God has nothing against anybody in this church. Amen. Don't bring God's goodness down. Listen, I was talking to an individual here just not long ago. Well, Brother Richie, you just don't know what I've done. No, no, stop. And I, I, I wanted to shake him. Stop it. Stop saying, yeah, but you just don't know what I've done. I, I got saved a long time ago, but I, I backslid. I've been doing this and I've been doing this. And I, I, I said, stop. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I said, you don't know what he's done. Yeah, but you just don't know what I've done, Brother Richard. I said, stop. You just don't understand God's goodness. Your problem is you're bringing bringing God's goodness down to your level. His goodness is far greater. Do you know how good His goodness is? His goodness is so good that there's no beginning or there's no end to it. Why? Because, listen to me, because God has no beginning and He has no end. Therefore, His goodness has no beginning, has no end. Therefore, His mercy has no beginning and has no end. Why? Oh, Shanda Rabakatai. But think about this. And I, I didn't forget about the judgment thing yet. But just think about this. 
In the Old Testament, Abraham had such a relationship. And Abraham, listen, the Abraham, the, listen, the relationship Abraham had with God, ours is greater than what he had. And think about this. Listen to me. But yet even then, and his relationship isn't nothing like ours is. But yet even in the Old Testament, even Abraham, just with the limited relationship he had with God, he was able, listen, think about this for a moment. Abraham was able to get God's attention in such a way that God agreed to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. All because of Abraham. God agreed to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to me. God agreed to spare Sodom and Gomorrah because of Abraham. And God said, okay, if I find 50... Because Abraham said, Lord, if you, just find, if you find 50, spare. Do you know how wicked Sodom and Gomorrah was? No, wait a minute. And God is a God of judgment. And God did judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And listen to me. Let me just say this. I heard somebody the other day say, well, you know, God's judged America. God's judged Hollywood. Oh, sh- what are you smoking? Go, go back somewhere. You're smoking some very bad weed. What are you talking about? Listen, when, when God judges something... If God's judged California, I'm going to buy me some beachfront property in Arizona. Because when God judges something, it's, it's obliterated. He wipes it off the planet. But yet, he, but I'm not, listen, he is a God of judgment. But yet, God is willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. And he couldn't find 50. And you know the story. It goes all the way down to 10. Yet even at 10, God said, okay, if I can find 10. But my point is this. That is a relationship that Abraham had under the, in the Old Testament. How much greater is our covenant? Call unto me. Call unto me. Call unto me. Rose, call unto me. 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 Chemo. Call unto me. 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 Call unto me and I will answer thee. And if he, God would have stopped there, that would have been far more than we ever need. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I said to the Lord, I said, Father, why is it that there's some churches that are not seeing great and mighty things? He spoke right back to me and said, they don't call unto me. 
They don't call unto me. No, they don't call unto me. No, they don't call unto me. No, they don't call unto me. They don't call unto me. No, they don't call unto me. I challenge you tonight by the Holy Ghost, begin to call unto Him. On your way home tonight, begin to call unto Him. When you wake up in the morning, begin to call unto Him. Throughout the day, begin to call unto Him. When you come home, don't say home, come to the meeting tomorrow night and Friday night. (laughs) But on your way here, call unto Him. Hello, call on. Saturday, when you wake up, spend some time calling unto Him. We'll be back here, come back here Sunday morning, Sunday night. But Monday, call unto Him. 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 God wants to do big things. But God's waiting for us to call unto Him. God wants to do big things. But He's waiting for you to call unto Him. Hallelujah. Thank God. No more waiting. No more waiting. Now is the time. And don't you even utter out of your mouth, well, ladies, you don't know what I've done. Stop. Has nothing to do with what you've done in the past. Has absolutely has nothing to do with what you've done in the past. No, no, no. Has absolutely nothing to do with what you've done in the past. If you ask God to forgive you, guess what? He's forgiven you. If you've asked God to forgive you, He's forgiven you. I'll tell you, I have, a, uh, I have a good, matter of fact, she's going to be, she said she's going to try to be here uh, Friday. My wife and I have a good, very good friend. We've actually done camp meetings together, my wife and her. And um, she's going to be here Friday. She's got a church about two and a half hours away from here in Washington. And, and um, so she's bringing some of her, she got, they got a Bible school. She can bring some of her about, they're, they're trying to, they're going to rent a van and, um, she would have been here earlier, but they got Bible school at night and in in, in, uh, Monday through Thursday. So they're going to come tomorrow, Friday night, and uh, I'll have her get up and share. But listen, God used this lady in such a powerful way. She, I mean, she, she was a missionary. She was a missionary in Alaska. And her husband used to beat her. Used to beat her. Very bad. Her husband used to beat her. Then her husband, she, but she had this church, and her husband had an affair on her with the worship leader. Finally, she's had enough. And she divorced him, or he divorced. I can't remember. But anyway, got that got divorced. Now she here. She is. She's a single mom living in Alaska, pastoring a church, divorced with four boys to raise. And of course, then it's amazing how people would come. She said, she told me, I mean, we've, we've known, my wife and I have known her for over 20 years. She's a dear friend. And she, she said, she was amazing, amazing that during that time that she, she went to this, matter of fact, she went to this one meeting and the pastor invited her to come out to, to eat with this certain evangelist. And, and, um, and the evangelist, you know, looked at her and said, you know, <laughs> he said, lady, you just need to quit. This is an evangelist. He's, he's an evangelist. I said to her, you just need to quit. You know, first off, you're in Alaska and it's cold. And she's like, wow, what revelation. <laughs> she, then, 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 then he said to her, and you're a woman. And she's like, oh, now I know. Finally, after all these years, I found out I'm a woman. 
No, then he just said to her, look, you just need to quit. And this is a quote, quote, faith preacher. Just need to, matter of fact, he's taught at our Bible school that we went to. <laughs> faith guy. And you just need to quit. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> listen, and we went to a great Bible school. I, I thank God. Listen, I'm here today. If it wasn't for the Bible school I went to, I am so grateful for Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan. I am here today because of that man. He's my mentor. You just need to quit, lady. You just need to quit. And so, so she... Yeah, first class doubt. (laughs) You just need to quit, lady. So she, now she's even more discouraged. She had to move in with her best friend. She went, she she heard about this revival. She heard about this revival in Alaska by a man by the name of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. She heard about this last, and so people started calling her and telling her, you need to come to this revival. She's like, and she 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 also went to she went to Rama, and um, she's like, well, I basically she was saying, well, I know everything, <laughs> and she wasn't saying that in an arrogant way, meaning because she would say, oh man, he's a great teacher on faith, and she's thinking, well, I went, I sent her under, I sent her under, the greatest teacher of faith. Well, there, there's, 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 there's great miracle. Anyway, she went through the list, and she was just really basically trying to say why she couldn't come. But then the lady said to her, oh, but there's such glory there. And she said, that's the thing that moved her. So she, so she went, and she got in her car, had to drive a few hours. Now, her car was so totaled, shouldn't have even been legal, because her teenage boy had driven it off a mountain. Now, in Alaska, there's no such thing as hills. Amen. They're mountains. Yes. And so her car, she said, was all... Because he rolled the car a number of times. But it wasn't... It shouldn't have even been on the road, but it was able to, you know, start it. So it would drive down the road, make a noise, and she'd drive down the road sideways like this. <laughs> and she was so embarrassed. No, she was so embarrassed... And um, long story, long story short, she came in the service, and 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 uh, all she had was a quarter. That's all she had to give us a quarter. But that's the last thing. That's the last quarter she had. And the Lord spoke to her and said, "Give your quarter." And she goes through the thing, you know, with, you know, I'm going to put the quarter in, and people's going to going to know I don't have any money because it's a it's a bucket, and it's going to. You know, change makes noise. <laughs> and she goes through the whole thing. Finally, she obeyed the Lord. And then the Lord, then the Lord, then the Lord touched her. And to make a long story short, she, she, the Lord touched. She had an encounter with God. Then she, then she started going all over the world. She's been, she's been to like forty some nations of the world. She's, I mean, had many, many revivals like my wife and I. And God uses her in such a mighty way. I mean, I mean, God uses this lady in such a mighty, mighty way. But my point, even saying that, is, is that here she is. She's she's been beaten. She's been in an abusive marriage most of her life. She's been beaten to the point of death multiple times. She's divorced. Hello, she's divorced. Everything was against her. 
But she just believed. She just believed that God was good and that His mercy has no end. And you know what? God, I'm gonna, I'll have her share when she comes Friday. I'm, I'm, uh, she's got to come now because I even... <laughs> but no, she's an awesome, isn't she, hon? She's an awesome woman of God. And God's using her mighty. And I even say that, I say that for you to understand. There's nothing that you've done that would cause God to not use you or touch you or bless you. Nothing. Listen to me. There's nothing that you've done. There's nothing. Yeah, but I, I don't care if you walked away from him 50 times. There's nothing that you could do. Actually, there's only one thing that you can do, and that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Actually, God said you can blaspheme me and you can blaspheme Jesus, but if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there's no forgiveness. And no one here has done that. Listen, there's nothing that you could do that would cause God and His goodness and His mercy to not be released from Him into your life. He's a good God. No, He's a good God. No, listen, He's a good God. He's a good God. <laughs> He's a good God. And He wants to use you. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Call unto me and I'll answer you. Call unto me and I'll answer you. Call unto me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. Go with me if you would just a couple passages of scriptures tonight. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse, start with verse 11. I'm going to read a number of scriptures here tonight. Luke 17, start with verse 11. And Jesus went to Jerusalem, and he passed between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, there met him <clears throat> ten men who were lepers, who stood at a distance. They lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have, have pity on us, or have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, we're not, we're, we're not the ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Go with him to Mark chapter 5. Mark the 5th chapter. Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 25. And a certain woman had a hemorrhaging for 12 years... 
and had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his garment, I shall be healed. And immediately her hemorrhaging dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. At once Jesus knew within himself that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, you see the you see the crowd pressing against you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go with me to the 10th chapter now of Mark. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat along the way begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many ordered him to keep silent, but he cried out even more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying, Be of good comfort, arise, he is calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Jesus saith, or Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Now, I read these two these two portions of scripture for this reason. To show you that Jesus, uh, Jesus did not go to these three individuals. Where the first in Luke was ten, the lepers. But I want you to see something. But Jesus said the same thing to all three of them. Jesus made this statement. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Your faith now, I can read you more scriptures and more individuals, but Jesus said, your faith has made thee well. Your faith has healed you. What I'm showing you tonight is, is this, is that they initiated the miracle. They initiated the miracle. They acted and they initiated the miracle. See, miracles, understand something, you can initiate, you can, you can create, as I said this way, you can create miracles. They caused a miracle. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus ignored him when he first cried out to him. Jesus ignored him. Matter of fact, not only did Jesus ignore him, they, they, begin, to, they begin to shout at him and tell him to be quiet. But you know what? All three of these individuals, I could take you to Luke 5 with the man let down from the roof. Do you know what all, if, not, if I was to show you that one, it would be four of them. Do you know what you know? all four of them had in common? Do you know what they had in common? They had this in common. They would not take no for an answer. It's amazing the people that take no for an answer. Do you know no doesn't mean no? No, no doesn't mean no. I'll give you an example. Here a few years ago, my wife and I, we, we live in airplanes. We, I mean, that's, that's, that's our home. <laughs> we live in airplanes. And because I fly so much, 
you know, I, I'm, you know, you, you get a certain status with airlines, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of perks. I'll be honest with you, I like perks. <laughs> I like perks. I like comfort. <laughs> I, there's, but there's there's certain perks that come with it. And so, here a few years ago, I uh, the the airlines that I fly, Delta, they made a mistake, and they said to me that I didn't qualify for, for my status this year, and I had to start over. I'm like, what, what? What are you talking about? I said, hey, lady, you know how many times I flew? Uh, we're sorry, Mr. Moore, but, you know, you're going to have to start over at whatever silver. I said, no, that's absolutely not. Do I, I, you know how many times I flew this year? you know how many times I went overseas? I mean, there was a number of years my wife and I almost monthly were going overseas. And I said, no, I said, I, I, I'm a diamond. <laughs> what do you mean start over it? Uh, uh, or I'm platinum. What do you mean start over it? silver? Mm-hmm. Well, we're sorry, Mr. Moore, you didn't qualify. I said, I did qualify. I said, ma'am, I qualified. No, we're sorry you didn't. I said, ma'am, <laughs> I qualified. She said, well, Mr. Moore, well, I'm sorry. And then, then she hung up. So I, I, I said, I thought... No, no, I am not taking no for an answer. So I, I said to my secretary at the time, I said, I want, you to send, I want you to send them an email and tell them, give me my status back. Well, she sent them an email. A few days later, she gets a response, and they said, you know, basically she came to me, she said, you know, they're saying that you didn't qualify, so you're going to start over. I said, send them another email. And she did like this, and this went on for a few weeks. So finally she came back like the third time and she said, they keep saying no. What do you want me to do? I said, I want you to send them another email. But this time, I don't want you to send one. I said, I want you to send an email every day. Send an email every day and tell them, give me my status back. And you know what? A few weeks later, my phone rang. I myself, I was in my office. I had an office at home as well. I was in my office. My phone rang, and I, I know if I don't answer, if it's just a number, I don't answer. But I answered, and and I said, "Hello, uh, may I speak to Richard Moore, please?" Speaking. Who's this? Well, this is so and so with Delta Airlines. Um, we're calling because. Um, we just want you to know, here's what she said. She said, we just want you to know, even though we, we, we want to first thank you for being a, a loyal and faithful uh, flyer, cu- customer, and um, we see our records show that you didn't really qualify. I said, ma'am, no, she said, Mr. Moore, look, we're going to give you such, such status because we do see that you, have, you, you, you are a, a loyal customer, and, but we're going we're gonna to give you a certain status. I, I mean, it wasn't what I wanted, but it was good enough. I said, okay, well, Appreciate it. Thank you. And she said, uh, Mr. Moore, before we hang up, can you tell me who so-and-so is? I said, yeah, she's my secretary. And she said, Mr. Moore, could you please tell so-and-so that she doesn't have to send any more emails? <laughs> but guess what? I got my status back. I didn't take no for an answer. So many people quit when they hear no. No doesn't mean no. No doesn't mean no. That's right. Listen to me. No does not mean no. I'll give you another example. Oh, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> and I learned something, I, I learned something for, through uh, a friend of mine who's a 
wealthy businessman. I learned something about money this day, what money do. You know, listen, use money to your advantage. You know, the Bible says money answers all things. I mean, every time I go overseas, I make sure the, 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 the hotel people, I tip them well. Because I want my stuff taken care of. I want my room taken care of. Hello? Especially when I was in Egypt. I mean, I, 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 you know, you bless them, you bless them with, oh, yes, oh, Mr. Moore, yeah, 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 you take care of them. <laughs> and so my friend, I'm in, my, I'm in Destin, Florida, and he says, I want to take you to this fish house. I'm not really a big fish eater, but I said, okay. He said, man, it's a real famous fish house here in Destin. And uh, he said, I'm going to take you to this fish house. And so, okay, so we drive, we drive, you know, drive a ways, and then we pull up, and I see all these cars, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I said, dude, I, I, I'm not waiting. I, I just take me to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> 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 I'm not waiting. <laughs> Do you have Chick-fil-A up here? Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> he said, no, no, no. So I remember we got out of the car, and there was this long sidewalk, and they had swings at the end of the sidewalk. And I can tell people have been waiting for a long time. And I remember I said, I said, dude, look, these people have been waiting for a long time. Their wait's going to be a few hours. I, let's go. I ain't doing it. No, no, I'm not doing it. He said, no, let's just go and check. So we're going in. Sure enough, it's three and a half hour wait. I said, I ain't waiting three and a half hours. Not doing it. Not doing it. Absolutely not. Not doing it. He's, and so we, we walk back out. And he turns to me and he says, how much money you got on you? I said, what do you mean how much money you got on you? He says, no, he says, so I, I, gave him, I gave him a Franklin. And, you know, the church should operate in Franklins, not Washingtons. There's <laughs> nothing worse. Than, I mean, the church, come on, raise your standard. Amen. So I remember I gave him a Franklin. And uh, he said, look, I don't have no cash on me. And, I mean, here's the guy who makes hundred some thousand dollars a week. So I, I gave him, I said, what do you want this for? He said, just trust me and follow me. I'm like. Okay, so I give him a Franklin. So I walk in. Well, I walk back up to the to this restaurant to the hostess, and he says, he says this to her. He says, "Ma'am, I got more money in my hand than you're going to make tonight. Can you get us a table right away?" And she looked at him and thought about. It. I actually looked at him. What are you doing? And then she looked at him and she thought about it and she goes, "Okay." <laughs> so he gave her a Holy Ghost handshake, and then she gives me the little buzzer. We turn around. And walk maybe from here to the to the wall, and it went off. I mean, it wasn't thirty seconds, and we had a table. I actually almost didn't enjoy the meal because I felt sorry for the people, because we had gone in and ate, sit around talking, drinking coffee, having a dessert, and walked out, and some of the same people are still sitting there. No, doesn't mean no. And I'm saying this tonight for a reason. No doesn't mean no. That's just in the natural. How much more when God's involved? Hello. That was just in the natural. How much more when God is involved? No. How much more when you are operating by faith and God is involved? And here's the reality. Most Christians, my wife and I was talking about it on the way here. Most people do not operate in faith. Because most people like to be comfortable. Can we come over this side? This is the revival section. I don't know what's going on over there. Most people like to be comfortable. 
But faith is not always comfortable. The Bible says that here's how the kingdom, you want to know how the kingdom of God operates? The just shall live by faith. The righteous should operate by faith. Everything's, a fa- everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. I remember one time my wife and I, I said to her, you know, man, some of the things have stopped. Like some of the blessings have stopped. And we, did, we come to the conclusion, man, we, 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 we paid some things off. We got, we, we got comfortable. Well, it's time to get uncomfortable. No, I'm serious. It's time to get uncomfortable. God, listen, God, listen, understand, the Bible says that He is a God of faith. Therefore, we have to be in faith to please Him. God only moves where there's faith. Not where there's comfort, where there's faith. Where there's hunger. I remember a few years ago, my pa- we, was at, we was at our church. I said, I'm not like, I like, listen, I, I'll be honest with you, I like radicalness. I do. I like radicalness. I, I, I'm not the type of guy to plan things out. Just do it. Just do it. I, I like radicalness. Just do it. See, I've, I've learned now. I've learned over the years that I've got to stay in faith. And there has to be something, especially even with your finances, there, there, you have to be stretched. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to give you an example. I was in, my wife and I, we were in, at, at our church, she was in the back room, and my pastor said, um, listen, we're gonna, I'm going to start a revival, and uh, we're just going to go for a few weeks. He said, he said, we might go for a week, we might go two, we might go two, three months, but we're going we're gonna to have service every night. And as soon as he said that, the Lord spoke to me, and I told my wife, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said this, postpone your meetings and be in every service and give radically. That's what the Lord said to me. Well, immediately I got in my head, immediately. And I'm like, okay, well, we, got, we, can, we can maybe go for a couple weeks. But the Lord said, postpone all your meetings and be in every service and give radically. Now, when I say give radically, if I got $100 in my account, if I, I'm giving it all. If I got $1,000 in my account, I'm not giving $10. That's not radical. You know what faith is? It's when you got $1,000 and you give 1000 Because now you're forced to trust Him. And that's really where God wants us all to be, to where we have to trust Him. Not in our bank account, but in trusting Him. And so we started giving radically. Let me tell you something. We started giving radically. And you know what? I'd walk into church. I would walk into, I mean, that first week. I mean, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you the Holy Ghost handshakes. Oh, rasa karaba. Shukuraba sita. I feel it. I cannot tell you the Holy Ghost handshakes. That come. I mean, I had, I had people come up last night and give me Holy Ghost handshakes. You know you reap what you sow. You know if you sow Franklin's, you reap Franklin's. No, 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 I'm serious. I'm showing you a principle tonight, church. And you know what I do? Every, here's what I do. Every time I get a Holy Ghost handshake, half of it goes and I sow it. I sow it. I sow it into a ministry. So last night I got some from, some, some, somebody from Pastor Lou's church, came up and him and his wife gave me a Holy Ghost handshake, $200. Well, 100 of it goes, I sow to a ministry. 
That's just where I'm at. Because I'm heading somewhere. My whole goal is before Jesus comes back that I only live off 10% of my income. That 90% of it goes into the kingdom. That's where I'm heading. I'm not saying you have to get that way. I'm, that's where I'm heading. Because like I said to you last night, I realized that I'm on the backside of life. And I'm going to make every single day, every single month, every single a year for the rest of my life count for the kingdom of God. I'm storing up now. I am, my whole purpose now is to store up treasures in heaven. I don't care about treasures on this earth. Don't care about it. I'm storing up treasures in heaven. That's why I give half of everything that comes in. But I'm heading to where I only live off 10%. I mean, 90% of everything that comes in goes to the gospel. I'm not there yet, but I will get there. And... <clears throat> So we're giving radically. Well, after the first week, he says, well, we're going to go a second week. Okay. So, but I still get the natural thinking, okay, well, we got another week, another week. After the end of the first week, I went back. I'm in my back room. He said, How much, are we going to end this week? He says, no, I think we're going to go another week. And I'm like, oh, another week? That's three weeks. <laughs> now I've, now I'm, I've depleted my account. <laughs> I've depleted my account. It's all gone. And he said, I said, oh, third week? And he goes, yeah, and we're probably going to go the rest of the month. And I'm like, what? The rest of the month, he's, and actually it was one of those, it was, it was the month where there's five weeks in it. Oh, wow. I said, the rest of the month, yeah, the rest of the month. I, said, I mean, you mean the next four weeks or, or three weeks? He goes, yeah, the rest of the month. I said, the rest of the month. He said, what, what, what part of the rest of the month do you not understand? <laughs> but I was freaked out. But, but I know what the Lord said to me. Now, I'm in faith. And so, I could tell you, but every night, I'm telling you, every night, super, I mean, super thing. I'm out, I'd walk into the church and people come give me a Holy Ghost handshake. I look at it, it'd be a thousand dollars. Well, I'm putting 900 in the offering. Some nights I give it all because the Lord said give radically. Every night, every night, it has, I'm telling you, my wife can, wasn't at home. My wife can testify. She'd probably add her side to it. There's probably some things I'm leaving out that supernatural, it was supernatural. I'm leaving some of the best parts out. I am? Okay, well, let me tell my part, then you can tell your part. What am I leaving out? Oh, yeah, I know what I'm leaving out. We don't want to go there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I should have kept my mouth shut. And um, <laughs> I know she's going to get it cut up. Okay, uh, you can tell your part, but let me tell my part. You was going to go about the furniture because our house was empty. Oh, you wasn't going to go there? Well, where are you going? Okay. One of the things that the, okay, prior to this, um, our friend was having, uh, he's going to have a huge crusade, okay? And we're sitting in a meeting just like you're sitting. And um, he starts saying about this crusade that he was having. And the Spirit of God was moving in that service. And so he started to share about how much that was going to cost. And when he shared that, you know, we're just sitting there, you know, minding our own business. But what happened was is the gift of faith dropped 
dropped on us because that's what I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting the gift of faith and, and to drop because if you've never experienced that, they need, you need to experience this so you can go get that building because it's not in your natural mind or your thinking that you're going to lay hold of it. And when the gift of faith drops on you, it's a supernatural way of doing things and thinking and then you'll go and possess the land. So I was rehearsing to him the times that the gift of faith came on us for our ministry and that's what the Holy Spirit it's a gift it's one of the nine gifts of the Spirit but it's a gift of faith and that's what's needed for this congregation to go to the next level and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing so when this was taking place is we had already vowed to the Lord he spoke to Richard I want you to give a hundred thousand dollars well we had never had a hundred thousand dollars and we surely didn't have it but the gift of faith was on us on us and he said yes i will do it but he argued with the lord the, the lord's the lord we're in a meeting the lord spoke to me in audible voice and the lord said i want you to sow a hundred thousand dollars into his crusade i opened up my checkbook i said i don't have it and i argued with the lord i actually thought god was talking to the person behind me and i just overheard it i mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to turn around and say, would you just obey God? <laughs> so as that happened to him, it also hit me, and I got supernaturally excited, and I said, well, heck, let's give 200000 because you're not thinking naturally. It's just like this supernatural faith drops into you to get the job done. Whatever it is that he's asking you to do, he's already equipped you. He's already given it to you. So here we are. This had happened prior. So now he tells, the Lord tells him that every week in the meeting on Friday night, usually the biggest night of a revivals, he says, I want you to take up an offering for Good News New York. Well, Good News New York took place and there were thousands upon thousands of people that were witnessed to at the Twin Towers before the Twin Towers came down. It was in 1990. I got to say this. The Twin Towers, before they came down, every single day for six weeks, everybody that went in the Twin Towers and came out of the Twin Towers was presented with an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. So here it is, December. Sometimes you get really tapped out in December, you know? And so we're sitting in these meetings. It was good. It was a New Year's service. And that's when they said, we're going to go another week. How many of you want to go another week? Well, so the Spirit of the Lord was on him. And he says, I want to teach you how to make a living off of your giving. And we have a whole series. That's what I wanted to tell you. We have a whole series on how to make a living off of your giving. Because up until this point, we had never given such a large amount at one time. Amen. But God was going to have to supernaturally show us how to do it. So not only we went that week, but then the next week, the pastor says, well, I'm going to leave town, but I want you to come and I want you to preach this week. Well, wouldn't you think that it'd be all tapped out of the church because it was his crusade and his church, his people? Uh-uh. 50,000 came in in that one week. So we had already met 50,000 of that. So now we're, we just need 
50,000 more. Amen. But it was more than just the 50,000. Everywhere we went, it was contagious and it would drop on pastors in those churches. The one pastor had a building fund of 10,000, uh, in the bank and it dropped on him and he sowed that 10,000. But not only did he sow that 10,000, but it was what God did for him. He provided a building for him. The man and him negotiated because it was a building they couldn't afford. But they negotiated and the terms were is you can come and take residence in this building and I'll pay the rent while you renovate. How many of you know that's a good deal? So that happened for two years. And then after the two years, the businessman came to him and he says, we're going to sew that business, you know, that building into your ministry. So now he's sitting with a, it used to be $350,000 property, but now it's gone up to a half of almost $600,000 property that he's sitting with today because of the seed and the step of obedience that he, you know, the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. So he was obedient to sow what he had and God brought the increase and he knew for the years that were coming. And so God, it was so supernatural. So everywhere we would go, there would be stories because that electrifying gift of faith would just jump off of us onto the people. And they were experiencing this exponential uh, growth in their finances when they would hook their faith into it, because it was such, such a hot thing to give into because you know if you're in the natural it'd be like you know because i i was thinking until the gift of faith dropped on me i was thinking okay how are we going to do that how are we going to do that you know what i mean how are we going to take care of all the home base and the ministry base and then so this but you don't even you, you he like literally takes this off he literally takes your brain off and now you're operating on a higher level and you just keep on pressing. It's supply and demand because when you go and then you bring, you go and there it is. You go and there it is and you just keep on going. And so... um so anyways, there was so much that happened that month. You know, I don't want to get into all of it, but it was even for us personally. There were some things that we were believing for personally. And it wasn't, the giving wasn't just happening to him. I'd go and drop my daughter off in the nursery. And we're talking thousands of dollars being transferred in those meetings. You know, these handshakes and these were people that were passing through, but people that, that were in our church. And it was about 500 that could seed in this auditorium, but it was so supernatural. So just know that when you plug in, woo, get ready. Cause you're going to go on a ride with Jesus and he's going to get you where you need to go. So we not only, we sold about 120,000 plus all the other churches that kept sending money in. 
So just know that he is more than enough. And we could probably go all week and sh- keep sharing testimonies and stories after stories. But that there was another time that the gift of faith. Now, when my daughter, we did not have a savings for our daughter for when she was getting married. We didn't have a savings. And so... That year, we were doing a camp meeting, and we were doing like an outreach for a church. And so a lot of that is a lot of sewing. And so it was the, so my daughter says, I want to get married such and such date. And we're like, well, that's really not the best time. We've got all of this stuff. And she's like, well, I really want to do it. And so, okay, well, we'll make it happen. And so... um so it was like those three events. So it was like one, then the other, and then the other. And there was a gift of faith on us to do it. And every time we needed something, we just went out and got it. And God provided the need. He provided seed to sow, and he provided the need. So our year just kept flowing, and there was more than enough more than enough. And she had a beautiful wedding. We had an awesome camp meeting. We had, well, I mean, I could just keep on talking. Um, somebody sewed, okay, so then somebody sewed 10,000, gave us 10,000 for the wedding, but we were in the mode of sewing. So then we turned around and sewed 6,000. We kept four, we sewed 6,000. So you see, there's just an extravagance because God keeps giving and he keeps pouring out and you keep pouring out and it keeps coming back. And it's not because we're preachers. It's because we love the Lord and we got a hold of the word of God. And so when you get a hold of the word of God, you're not going to stay like you're, you're staying. And these supernatural things are going to be you doing them, you negotiating them. Because you tapped into something more powerful than yourself and you got out of yourself. So that's why it's so important. A hand open to give is a hand open to receive. And when people open up in the natural, they open up and yield in the spiritual. And things start to begin to shift and change for your situations. The children start to get salvation. Your marriage starts to get restored. Supernatural things that you could have never accomplished on your own. And so when you, you know, cast your seed upon the water, so it's not that the church can get rich or the preachers can get rich. It's for your benefit that you are coming in line with that word of God because you do get satisfied. You do get complacent. You do get, you know, your faith gets just stale because you're not using it. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And so a lot of times we're living below where he wants us to live. So we got to come up higher. Say, I'm coming up higher tonight. Yeah. So he can drop those things on you. Amen. Come up higher. Come up higher. That's really the theme. Come up higher. Raise your hands. Say, Father, I'm coming up higher. I'm coming up higher. I'm coming up higher. But see, God, God wants us to see it's, it's, it's when you're in faith that pleases the Lord. And, and so one of the things that happened. So now here we are, we get to the fifth week of this revival and for four weeks, 
man, it's just just raining down. Pastor Dawn, raining down. Will we get to the going to the fifth week? Nothing. No Holy Ghost handshake, no nothing. Monday night, I call nothing. Tuesday night, nothing. Wednesday night, nothing. Thursday night, nothing. Friday night, I said, Lord, I have to have $5,000 by Monday night. I have to. I mean, by Monday. Uh, or, 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 I got to. I said, Lord, I have to. I said, for some reason, I don't know why American Express, they want their money. I don't know why they don't understand that I'm in meetings and so they need to hold off a little bit. I don't know why they don't understand me. <laughs> Friday, I, I thought I remember going to think. See, that just goes to show. Even we all do it. I'm thinking it's going to come through my handshake. But the Lord's just like, no, 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 no. Friday night, nothing. So now we go to church Sunday morning. I think what's well, going to happen Sunday morning, nothing. I remember going to church Sunday night. Lord, I have to have 5000 but I trust you. I have to have $5,000 for tomorrow. I, I, but you know, I don't sound like a lot, but when, we don't have, when, you, when you don't have it, it's a lot. <laughs> and I remember Sunday night, I'm sitting in the church worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden, this, the place is packed. All of a sudden, I hear somebody in the back, Woo! I hear this scream. Next thing I know, I hear this scream getting louder. It's getting louder and louder because it's getting closer and closer. And I look over and here's this lady. I shall watch her. She's running around the church. Woo! 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 And she's just, I'm like, okay, well, hey, glory to God, she's getting something. But next thing you know, I'm sitting in the front and she comes and looks at me and she goes, Woo! And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? I mean, then she, then she, then she takes her hand and she goes, and she gives me an envelope, and I take the envelope and she goes, woo, and takes off running. <laughs> so, so I just took the envelope, and stuck it in my my coat like that, just stuck it in my coat, <laughs> and I'm like trying to worship the Lord. I worship you, I worship you, but I, I, it was so hard. Because I'm going, I worship you, I worship you. My mind's going, look at it, look at it, look at it. <laughs> I worship you, Lord. I lo- look at it. I worship you. Look at it. I worship you. Look at it. <laughs> and so finally, I'm not trying to play it. Like, Lord, I worship you. And I'm like, I stuck my hand in my coat. Lord, I worship you. And I like, I tear the envelope. I worship you. And I, I feel the envelope. It was real thick. And and, I, and I'm like, oh, my heart sank. I'm like, oh. Actually ended up being from Alaska, the lady was. And she didn't even go to our church. And uh, didn't even know her. And um, and uh, I, I feel the envelope is real thick. And my heart sank. I'm like, oh, that's her revelation about something. <laughs> Lord, I worship you. Open it up. I worship you. Open it up. I worship you. Open it up. <laughs> So finally, so finally, so finally, and as I'm doing this and I'm trying to worship the Lord, my flesh is going, open it up. My wife's elbowing me on the side. Open it, open it, open it. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I'm like, what the heck? So I open up my uh, uh, coat and get my envelope out, and I just <laughs> open it up and open it up. It was five, it was a, it was a whole stack of Franklins. It was $5,000. Exactly what I needed. 
exactly what I needed. Now, the Lord taught me something in that. Now, here's what I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that for you to do that. I'm just saying we have to get in faith. No, we have to get in faith. No, every single one of you should have something that you're putting your finances toward for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Amen? Obviously, listen, and let me say this. Your tithe does not belong to the evangelist. Your tithe doesn't belong to me. Your tithe belongs to the church. Amen? Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. I have, I have had somebody come up to me not long ago. Brother, I feel to tithe to you. I said, no, don't. Tithe to your church. Send me an offering. Why well, we want to tithe to you? I said, no, I'm not a thief. Tithe belongs to your church. I said, if you're ever in the hospital, I'm not going to come pray for you. Your pastor is. Hello? If you need help in your marriage, I'm, don't call me. I'm not your pastor. Call your pastor. Hello? <laughs> but you can send me an offerings. <laughs> you send me big ones. Amen. Amen. But isn't it amazing, even talking like that, Christians should always be thinking big. No, we should always be thinking big. God doesn't do anything small. So, Understand, it's as you're in faith, and innocent, and the times that, the, that the, the, every time the Lord spoke to me to do it, every single time the Lord spoke to me, my wife mentioned about the Good News York, the Good, Good News New York crusade. That, listen, I, 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 uh, you, uh, put yourself in my position. The Lord tells me to give $100,000. I don't have, I don't have 500 in my account. And that's the ministry. Forget the personal, because there's nothing in that. And the Lord tells me to give $100,000. That's not counting our tithes and other things we're supporting. I mean, listen, for 20 minutes I argued with the Lord. I told the Lord why I couldn't do it. I told, I said, Lord, you know the churches I go to. Lord, you know I go on a love offering basis. And you know, Lord, they give me a lot of love and no offering. (laughs) (laughs) Then I start telling the Lord about all these churches. Like the church is my source. And, and for 20 minutes, I'm arguing with the Lord. After 20 minutes, I realized I'm the only one arguing. <laughs> and I remember I bowed my head and I said, here's what I said to the Lord. I said, Father, Lord, you've taken me to the islands of my mind. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But Lord, you told me to do it. And Lord, I'll do it. The moment I said I'll do it, the Lord was just looking for my obedience. The moment I said I'll do it, the Lord, the Lord spoke back to me. And here's what the Lord said to me. He said, I want to take you in the ministry to the next level. But I realized this. God wanted me to take me to the next level, which the next level means a greater anointing, greater impact. Hello. More people being touched. More souls coming in. Hello. A greater. But something was being required of me. See, that's why I've made the statement all week. Nothing comes from heaven unless there's sacrifice. See, there's always something required of us. Always something. Always something required. I'm talking to you about faith tonight. And it doesn't... Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It always looks ridiculous. It always looks ridiculous. Always. But He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. And you know, and it was just like my daughter. 
When we're in the midst of a crusade, we're in the midst of a camp meeting, we've got all this stuff going on, and I'm believing God for everything. I'm literally believing God for everything. And in the natural, I don't know where it's coming from. And then she wants to throw a wedding in. And I said to her, we'll just get married at the church. I don't want to get married at the church, Daddy. Well, who do you want to get married? I want to get married at such and such gardens. Sarah. Well, well, why? Just get married at the church. Uh, I don't know what kids don't even want to get married at the church no more these days. They want to get married at other places. I said, Sarah, well, we'll just have a little finger foods. No, Daddy. I want to, I want to cater fresh kitchen. Fresh what? Well, it's, and I found out that it's an it's a expensive restaurant that, that everything's organic and, you know, I'm like, Sarah. And she want to have these special chairs. What? What's wrong with a metal chair? No, I'm with these Stefani chairs. What's a Stefani? Oh, Daddy, it's a, nice, it's a certain chair. Sarah. <laughs> Now, what, do you know what you're doing to your father? But, but here's the deal. That's just how the Lord is. Stretch, you're talking about stretching me. But see, understand, your faith is what pleases the Lord. When you understand how, God, how the kingdom of God operates and how God is, you'll want to stay in faith. But I tell you what, my flesh, I'm, I'm telling you, my flesh was like Sarah... But, but then somebody told me, well, wait a minute. You're the one that taught your daughter all these years about a big God. She, my daughter's known nothing but a big God. She's never heard me. Do you know, I just, my daughter never one time has heard me mention. She's never one time heard me say, we can't afford that. Never one time. Now, there's been many, many times I had the money for nothing. I remember we at the store one time, and, she, and Sarah says to me, she says, Daddy, can I have that? And I look at it. I didn't, I, I didn't have the money for it. I have no money for it. But see, here's what happened to me and why I began to get a poverty mentality. Because my parents would say to me, we ain't got no money. We can't afford that. Or my mom would say that. My dad left when I was seven. And that's all I heard from my mom. And, and we didn't have it. So, because, cause you understand, remember I said at the very beginning, how powerful your words are, you either speak life or death. So death was being spoken to me as a child. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. My daughter's never heard me say we can't afford that because I got free from that poverty mentality. So I said to her, here's what I did. I said, Sarah, you want this? She said, yeah, Daddy. I said, I'll tell you what, sweetie. Let's pray right now. So what I did, I didn't draw the attention to lack. I drew the attention to God. I said, sweetheart, I said, let's, let's pray. Give me your hand right now. Okay, Daddy. I said, let's pray right now the prayer of agreement. Let's believe God for it. See, I didn't draw the attention to the lack. I drew the attention to God. But so many times, we'll say, well, we can't afford that. You know we can't afford that. Do you understand what you're doing? See, you, you, you are speaking death. You are speaking lack. And that, guess what? You're forming, especially when it comes to your kids, you're now forming their world. 
And so now, here we is, here we, here we are, and my daughter's never heard me say that. Now, here we are now, because she don't know what like is. She doesn't know any of that. So now, she wants this enormous wedding. I have nothing for it. And I said, Father, and you know it's just how the Lord is. I had a friend of mine come up to me and said, look, I felt the Spirit of the Lord told me just to give this is for you and your wife. And that was the $10,000. Well, that would, that, would, that, would have, that would have helped with the wedding. But no, I have the $10,000. Now I'm in a camp meeting and I hear the Lord say, give a thousand. All right, now we're going to nine. Next night, give a thousand. Next night, give a thousand. Next thing you know, we're down to, I think we gave half of it. But oh, even though there's a side that was, you're going like, ah! There's another side that's like, you know you're so pleasing to the Father. And I just knew it was coming. I just knew it was going to come in. I knew it was coming in. And you know what? Do you know what? We paid for that wedding. I didn't have to put it on a credit card. We paid for the crusade. We paid for the other stuff that we was involved in. We paid for the wedding. Supernaturally, it came in. Do you understand? Do you understand? God wants to be involved in your life. And it's not just that way when it comes to money. You can be that bold when you're outside on the street and you see, some, you see somebody out on the street that's crippled. Walk up to them. Do you know what? I'm such and such. I go to such and such church. You know, we believe in God. Can I pray for you? God wants to heal you right now. Okay, that, 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 that just took you to the outer limits of your mind on that one. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. No, it's the same principle. Whether it's the Spirit of God leading you to do that or not. Do you know some things the Spirit of God don't have to lead you because the Bible has told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hello, the Bible has told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Bible has told us to cast out devils. You know we don't cast out devils anymore in the church? You know what we do? We counsel them, but we don't cast them out. Hello? I mean, there you listen, you, anybody who grew up in Pentecost? How many grew up in Pentecost? If you grew up in Pentecost, one thing you knew about, you knew about praying through, and you knew about casting out devils. And you knew about sin. S-I-N. Hello? And I had somebody say to me the other day, well, what do you want to do? Take us back to the days of hellfire and brimstone? Oh, well, what was wrong with that? I can promise you one thing. Yeah, I know they maybe got to the extreme in it, but I can promise you one thing. People were afraid to sin. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> oh, he's so wonderful. No, no, he's so wonderful. No, he's so wonderful. No, he's so wonderful. No, he's so wonderful. He just wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. But understand something. Your miracle, your breakthrough has everything to do with you. And everything I've shared with you tonight, everything I read tonight, had everything to do with what we did, had everything to do with what they did. And you can look back at the times in your life. I promise you, every single one of you can look back at times in your life. God told you to do something. 
God told you to do something. And as a result of God telling you to do something, it brought great blessing either to you or to, to somebody else. Amen? But why is it that we have, that has to be every once in a while? No, it should be on a daily, weekly basis. Because He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Let's live our life like He's alive and not dead. Let's live our life like He's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. You're going to be waiting forever. Do you know it's only like, I think it's like 7% to 10% of people go to Bible school every even go in the ministry. Well, I'm waiting on the ministry. No, 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 you'll never enter the ministry. You will absolutely never enter the ministry. Never. You'll never enter the ministry. Because he's already told us to go. 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 Well, I'm waiting. That's unscriptural. Waiting for what? No, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting on my ministry. You'll never have your ministry. If you want, you, you want, here, here's your ministry. Go. Find somebody tomorrow that you see that's sick. Just get bold and walk up to them and share the gospel with them. Get them saved. Get them saved right there on the spot. Get them saved right on the spot. And then say, hey, can I pray with you? My wife and I do it all the time. It's easy. Just walk up to somebody. Here's what you do. Here's how you get them saved. Just walk up to somebody and say, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, has anybody ever told you that God has a plan for your life? God has a plan for your life. Hey, let me ask you a question. If you used to die today, do you know where you'd go? Well, I hope I'd go to heaven. We know the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you can know that you 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 can go. Well, I'm a good person. Well, you know what? Thank God you're a good person. How many know we need good people? But there's a lot of good people in hell. Because Jesus came and gave his life for you. Just, just give me your hand right now. Just give me your hand. Just pray this prayer. Just listen. Just, just put them, basically just put them on the spot. Be bold. Just give me your hand right now. Just pray this with me. I was coming home from, I was coming back from lunch, going to my hotel room. And I, I get off, off, off on my floor. And I hear this noise. And here's this shouting coming on, on the floor. I'm like, what the heck? And, and the closer I got to my room, I realized it's coming from my room. And I, and I remember I stuck the key on the door. And I opened up the door. And here's my wife with three of the maids. Here's my wife with three of the maids. She got three of the maids saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a prayer meeting going on in a hotel room. The easiest thing you can do is get somebody saved. The easiest thing to do is get somebody saved. Because the Bible says the harvest is ready. Don't say it's hard. Now you're lying. Because Jesus said the harvest is ready. It's ready. It's ready. Come on. It's ready. No, it's ready. Come on. It's ready. It's ready. 
I tell you, there's miracles that are, listen, there's miracles right now that are waiting to be manifested. God just needs the church to activate them. God 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 needs the church to activate them. Hallelujah. Driving down the road. Man, that's a nice building. Man, that'd be a nice church building. We'll go in there and, and offer them some money. Activate that miracle. Activate that miracle. Activate that miracle. Come on, activate the miracle. Activate the miracle. Here's, but here's most people's failure. Well, you know, we just want to see if it's the Lord. Stop. Do you know I never pray about where to go? Never. I never, out of the years of ministry, I've never prayed about going to a certain church or going to a certain country. I've never prayed because the Lord's already told me to go. Here's how I operate. I just pack and just start to go. And if I'm not supposed to go there, the Lord will tell me, don't go. And there has been some places I've got ready to go and I felt, no, I'm not supposed to go there. But I never thought, well, Lord, do you want me to do No, 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 no. He's already said go. Hello. I know people right now that are still, I know, listen, I know people that I went to Bible school with that are still waiting on their ministry and they'll never have it. You got to just do it. You got to, listen, let me tell you what the, you know what I did? Here's what I did. Just, I found a rescue mission. And I went to preach at a rescue mission when I was 19 years old. I started preaching at a rescue mission. That's how I started the ministry. I started preaching at a rescue mission. And I tried to get so many of my friends at the Bible school to go with me. I could only get a hand. I, could, I think I got like three or four over a three-year period. But you know what? Those same people, don't even get me going. But let me just tell you, I just made my, I said, no, I'm just going to go going. Because when you, if, you have a heart of, if you have a heart for people, you, there's nothing to wait on. Just go do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Just do it. That come from the Holy Ghost, not Nike, the Holy Ghost. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. No, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And I started going down there and preaching the rescue mission. Do you know how many? Do you know how many times I had forks thrown at me and knives thrown at me? And listen, they had to come listen. They had to come listen to me. They had to come listen to me. Because if they wanted to stay there and get a meal, they had to listen to me preach. I still remember it's the worst part of Tulsa, Oklahoma, seven forty nine North Main Street, Mother Tucker's House of Prayer. My ushers were the Tulsa Police Department. I remember I went down there one night. I mean, they're all most of them are drunk anyway. I remember I went down there one night, and, and I didn't have no praise and worship. I can't sing. Honestly, I can't sing. I don't have an ear. I mean, I can't sing. Don't even want to try to sing. And I remember I thought, I remember I thought to myself, well, I don't sing a song before I preach. They, I mean, they're not even going to know anyway. I'm, they're drunk. So I got up to sing. I got up to singing this song. You know, I was just singing this song. <laughs> 
can see. Next thing I know, I hear somebody in the back. Oh! I'm like, oh my gosh. Then next thing I know, shut up, white boy, and preach. That's what they said. Oh! Shut up, white boy, and preach. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? You just got to just do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. No, you just got to do it. Forget about the devil. He's not, forget about him. He's defeated. The devil's defeated. Listen, the devil's defeated. Listen to me. The devil's defeated. We just have to, as the church, rise up and go. And every single one of you here, God wants to use every single one of you. Tomorrow, you see somebody say, get bold. Get bold. I challenge you in the name of Jesus. Get bold. Get bold. Just get bold and go up to them and talk to them about the Lord. Get them saved and say, hey, can I pray for you? The Lord wants to heal you. Hallelujah. You, you, guess what? You might get shocked and see a miracle happen because you've got to get bold. What is it that when Peter and John got thrown into jail? Listen, they didn't retreat. They didn't reach. You know, if I was ever a pastor, I'd never have a, I'd never have a men's retreat. Christians don't retreat. We charge. I'd have a charging meeting. I wouldn't have no retreat. An advance meeting, yeah. We'd, we'd have an advance. Men, we'd have a men's advance, but not no men's retreat. We don't retreat. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> what did they pray? They said to the Lord what was happening. They didn't say, Lord, do you want us to go somewhere else? No. Father, you know what's just happened. So, Lord, we ask you now in the name of Jesus to grant your servants boldness that we might preach the gospel. Stretch out your hand that signs and wonders might be done. Hello, isn't that what they started praying? That's right. And then the Bible says the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The play, see, there's one initial, and that's what part of this week is. There's one initial baptism, but there's many refillings. There's many times of refreshing. There's many times of refreshing. Come on. I, I could feel faith rising right now. I could too. I, listen, in the name of Jesus, he's El Shaddai. Big things. Big things. Big things. Every single one of you. Big things. Every single one of you. Big things. Now, every single one of you, big things, big things, big things. When the pastor shows you the land, you know what? You need to be the one pastor. I'm going to pay for that in the name of Jesus. Big things. Hello. Big thing. It's amazing what happened. It's amazing. It's amazing what happened if you just step out. Well, I want to be led to the Lord. No, no. Just step out. Just step out. Just step out. Just step out. I cannot tell you the times my wife and I just stepped out. I didn't wait to hear a voice from the Lord. I didn't wait. I just did it. Because I've learned over the years how to activate miracles. Especially in the area of finances. Just do it. 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 Every year, my wife and I, every year, our, uh, every year. You know what? Sometimes, do you know why I give sometimes? 
sometimes I give because I just want to show the Lord how much I love Him. I cannot tell you the times I've emptied my alabaster box. I cannot tell you the times the Lord's told me to give my alabaster box. And I had it happen, and I'm going to close and I'm going to pray. Two years ago, I'm sitting in the camp meeting. My wife wasn't there. All of a sudden, the Lord said to me, I want you to give you alabaster box tonight. You know, alabaster box is something that's the most precious to you. And you know what so blessed me? Is that when the Lord told me to do it, I immediately said, yes, Father, I'll do anything for you. I didn't argue with him. It showed me how much I've just, I've grown. I didn't argue with him. As soon as he spoke to me, I said, Father, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Lord, for you. That's what I said. Lord, for you, anything. Lord, for you, anything. <laughs> and then in about 30 seconds later, I, my phone went off in service, and it's my wife texting me. I feel you're supposed to give your golf clubs tonight. That was my alabaster box. <laughs> but you, I already heard from heaven. I already heard from heaven. Now, if, she, if I didn't hear from heaven and she texts that to me, I surely would have texted her back, you know, go to bed. <laughs> Leave me alone. Shut up. <laughs> but that was my alabaster box. That was my alabaster box. Because I'm an avid golfer. And, and, and my clubs, trust me, they're not, they're not, you don't get them off the shelf of Walmart. I mean, my clubs are very expensive, very, very expensive. I mean, thousands of dollars. I mean, just one of my clubs costs $500, just one of them. There's 14 in the bag. I had a custom bag. I had custom clubs. Matter of fact, I took my one club. was custom. It's a $500 driver. I took it down and had a special uh, painting. I had a special UK because I like college basketball, University of Kentucky. And I put University of Kentucky lo- logo on it. So every time I look down at it, I see University of Kentucky. I mean, that's, but that's just me. And, but my, and I, had the, I had special shafts. I had special grips. I, everything was custom, everything. And the Lord said to me, sell your alabaster box tonight. And I didn't even think. I wasn't even nothing. I just, yes, Father, whatever you want me to do. And I knew who I was supposed to give them to. The pastor that's struggling. It's this pastor friend of mine in Virginia. Loves to play golf. He's struggling. Going through a hard time. He's got a handicapped daughter. And I knew us. And he's, his set was like 25 years old. I remember I kept saying to him, Dude, get you another set. Come on. That's ridiculous. Well, I can't afford I, I rebuked him. Don't, you, you, are, you are a pastor. You should never say I can't afford it. You should never say that. I said, his name's Mike. I said, you know what, Mike, you just showed me? You just showed me that you really don't understand how big God is because you just said I can't afford it. You don't understand how big God is. That's what I said to him. Because anytime you say, well, I can't afford that, that shows me that you really don't understand just how big God is. He's a big God. And he's your father. He's your father. He's your father. And the Lord told me to give him my clubs. I knew. Matter of fact, when I sent him to him, FedEx, a couple of days later, he called me crying because he knew what it meant. He called me crying like a baby, crying. Oh my God! I said, No, I'll just be. Bad. I said, No, no, I want to. I said, Stop! I said, If you cry anymore, I'm gonna take him away. Stop! 
I'm going to take them back. Stop it. <laughs> now, understand how Father is. Understand how Father is. Think about this, and I'm going to pray for you tonight. Think about this. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, as he was on his way to the Father to offer his blood to the Father for us, what did he say? Remember, who, who, can, who can tell me who ran and met him? Hmm? What did he say to her? Remember, he said, he said, don't touch me because I haven't sent it to my Father. But listen to what he said here. The first time now Jesus refers to us as family. He said, go tell my brethren that I'm going to my father and to your father. Now, he, now he's saying, here Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. What's he saying? He's saying, my God is your God. He's saying, my Father is your Father. What's he saying? He's saying, we are family. Right? And what I'm sharing to you tonight, this, this, I'm sharing with, do you understand what I'm sharing? What I'm sharing will literally change your life, everything about your life, your family, your finances, how you, how you perceive things, how you live, everything. Because you never, I don't care what happens in the world, you never have to have lack, ever. According to Scripture. Amen? I'm going to give you one more Scripture. Go with me to Job 36. Just turn to Job 36, 11. Listen to what he says here. Job 36, 11. You're, fat. You're faster than Stephen. Jeez. Listen to what he said here. If they obey and serve him. If they obey and serve him. Is this scripture? Is this Bible? Listen to what he says. Listen to what the Holy Ghost says. Saying through Job. Job. If they obey and serve him, what's the result? They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here serve God? Raise your hand. How many of you here obey God? Raise your hand. Well, guess what? Now you, you, you can approach the Father, put Him in remembrance of His Word. If you serve Him and if you obey Him, He said you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. If you're not spending your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure, but you serve Him and obey Him, you need, you need to talk to Him. Father, I'm doing my part. Do your part. Father, I'm doing my part. Do your part. I obey you. You, I obey you. I serve you. Lord, there's not anything that you've told me to do that I haven't done. I obey you. And Lord, I serve you. I don't serve money. I don't serve man. I serve you. And Lord, you said to you, I'll spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Oh, Rabbi. You mean get bold like that? Yeah, he's your father. He says, put me in remembrance. God, I'm doing my part now. Jesus' name, do your part. Oh, hallelujah. Well, what's this have to do with the revival? Everything. Because when the revival comes, it comes to every area of your life. Amen? 
Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for, I thank you for your word that's gone forth. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, Lord, I've shared what you had me share tonight. I didn't come here to share this, but Lord, as I stood behind the pulpit, Lord, I heard you saying, It's time for Abundant Life Family Church to come up higher. But the church can only come up higher when those that are present come up higher. God has not put this church here to fit in. God's put you here to change, to shake the city. To change and to shake the city. You're not just another church on the corner. You're not just here to fit in. You are here to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and not compromise it and to be bold and to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, and he delivers. To shake the city. To shake the city, to shake the city, to shake the city, to shake the city, to reach the people that are in this city, not just a few, but the masses in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Jesus. You know, last night, last night when I was Pastor Lou's doing his camp meeting last year. Actually, in the back room, I said to him, you heard him say it last night. He said, they're believing for 10%. I, I, I felt by the Spirit of the Lord, I, I felt to tell him, I said, I said to him, Pastor Lewis, I said, I feel to tell you, believe God, believe God for 10% of the people in this city. How many people is in this city? Whatever there was. I believe God for 10%. There's, say there's 60,000 here. Believe God for 10%. In the name of Jesus. I mean, that's 6,000 people. Hello. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to pray for a few people. Before we do, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. Ushers, come. I like these stickers, man. I'm, I'm going to take some with me. Hallelujah. Do you know what? Will you bring me, will you bring me, ushers, uh, Brother Stephen, Usher Stephen, bring me uh, my tape series on the blessed life and the redeemed life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, I just wanted this. I'm just going to bless some people, somebody. This is, this is scriptures. All, scriptures just on the subject of no preaching. It's just me reading scriptures, or my wife actually, reading scriptures on uh, the prosperity scriptures. Bless, scriptures on blessing. All right, you raise your hand first. We'll give that to you. That's yours. Amen? That'll be $20 when you leave. Now, this one... <laughs> <laughs> this one is scriptures on healing. Uh, all right, you raise your hand first. Hallelujah. See, that's all yours. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I like this. This is awesome. Hallelujah. Here, honey, take this. It's ours. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just do what the Lord tells you to do tonight. You know, one thing you'll never, one thing you'll never, you'll, you'll never ever see me do is put pressure on anybody when it comes to finances.
Never. You'll all share me tip people. You just do what the Lord tells you to do or do what you feel to do. Amen? Because I can tell you emotional giving will only produce an empty wallet. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes the Lord speaks to me to give something, and then sometimes I just say to my wife, hey, I just want to take a step of faith, and we do this. You just do what the, but you do what you feel. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And then I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Have you been blessed tonight? Did this bless you? Yes. Hallelujah. Whew. My, my, my. Yeah, I can't tell you how significant this, this, these meetings are for this week. In the name of Jesus. I, I believe we're going to come back and we're going to dedicate the new building in the name of Jesus. I see it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because Abundant Life Family Church. Hallelujah. It's not just here to be another church on the corner. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I see the Bible school. What are you going to call it? Northwest. What did you say you're going to call it? Northwest Training Center. Hallelujah. It'll be. It will be. There will be. Until, listen to me. There will be a Northwest Training Center in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, just, just to take a step of faith, I'm going to put you in contact with the individual that's going to license and give you the accreditation for the school. Same person that gave the accreditation to Raymond and to ORU. He's a good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. So you know what? I'm going to give him a call this week. Well, we don't have a Bible school. Well, that's why you take a step of faith. You act like it's so. Come on, isn't that what faith does? Faith acts like it's so, even, even, listen, even though it's not manifested in the natural, but you act like it's so? Amen? Hello, isn't that what faith does? Faith acts, faith acts like it's already manifested. Hallelujah. Maybe tomorrow we should just drive around and look for buildings. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Maybe you already know where it's at, or maybe you just want land. I mean, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Yeah, well, you Bruce de Levrapa. Bible school. Come on. How many want to go to Bible school? Thank you, Jesus. And your pastor is an awesome teacher. Pastor Don's an awesome teacher. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you appreciate your pastors? Hallelujah. Aren't they awesome? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you, we sure love Pastor Don and. We're getting there with Pastor Monty, but I'll tell you, the Lord is good. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> oh, my. Also, if you got matching shirts on, or did was that planned?
Her nails matched the shirt. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, if your nails matched hers, then we'd have an issue. <laughs> I pulled in to get me a coffee, and this guy's got this big old long finger there, and they're painted. I'm like, dude, jeez. Uh, what's that? Oh, painted his... Oh, painted his nails? <laughs> oh, he's a work construction. Ushers, go ahead and pass, pass, the, pass the offering bag. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. You know, every time I see you, Rose, and, and your husband, God's doing something really mighty in your life. Never the same. I'm telling you, you're never going to be the same. 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 Never. You found, you listen, you found a family. You found your family here. Abundant Life Family Church. You found your family. Hallelujah. Let me, how many of you here need to, you need to, in your body, you need to be healed in your body? Just stand up if you need to be holding your body. All right. <laughs> He's going to stand up because he feels left out. <laughs> what I want to do. Everyone standing, I want you to come up here. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be the whole church. <laughs> oh, that's okay, though. That's all right. <laughs> oh, Yeah, we can just put that up. Whoa, there you go. All right. <laughs> Oh, this is for somebody in the hospital? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, why don't we just scoot down just a little bit? Let's scoot down. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank God we have ushers. Thank God we have ushers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who has kidney problems? You. Do you know that happens to me all the time? I'll just walk by somebody or stand beside somebody, and I'll know what the problem is. That's why you have kidney problems. All right. We're going to pray for that in the name of Jesus. You know, I, I, you know, first off, I, I cannot tell you the last time I've done this. It's been years. I, 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 no, seriously, it's been years. Huh. I mean, we have people healed all the time, but I, I don't have to do healing lines. Uh, this is the first one I've done in years. <laughs> That's what, but I, what, when I was, as the offering was being passed, I said, the anointing of God just dropped on me. I tell you, my whole body began to burn like fire, and the Lord said, pray for the sick. Yeah. And that's why I asked, how many, how many need to be holding your body? I just didn't know it was going to be the whole church. <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. That's, that's, why, that's, probably, that's, why, that's why it happened. Oh, that's a wonderful sound, isn't it? <laughs> joy is a wonderful sound. Isn't joy a wonderful sound? Now, my hands are burning like fire. Now, then I minister with a tangible anointing. So tonight, the moment I lay my hands upon you, receive the anointing. I'll release it by faith and it'll go into you, but you receive it by faith. Amen? Holla for whatever it is, kidneys. Healed in the name of Jesus. Heart. Who has a heart problem with heart? Do I have heart? You? Okay. The moment I lay my hands upon you, in the name of Jesus, just receive it. In the name of Jesus, for kidneys and your heart and, and asthma, leukemia, whatever it is, cancer, whatever it is, you know, high blood pressure, whatever it is, just take it because you're the redeemed of the Lord. Ha-ha. <laughs> you're the redeemed of the Lord. And tonight... And that 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 anointing is going to be released right into you. Lift your hands, Father. I, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those that are standing here tonight. Lord, every sickness and every disease is cursed right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that the moment I place my hand upon them, Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. That there it is right now. Oh yeah, there it is right now. That anointing is released. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Healed and yeah, oh yeah, that's it. That's that anointing going right into you. In the name of Jesus, oh yeah, that anointing go right into you. In the name, oh yeah, of Jesus, that anointing go, oh yeah, that anointing, oh strong, jeez, oh yeah, I don't know. I tell you, strong up here, Rafa. In the name, of, oh yeah, of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name, oh, of Jesus. In the name, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the anointing of God. Oh, yeah. That's the anointing of God. Jesus. Fire of the Holy Ghost name. Oh, yeah. Healed right now. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's that anointing. Go right in you. In the name, oh yeah, oh yeah, that anointing, oh my brava of Jesus, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, Jesus, oh yeah, name, that name, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, she, oh yeah, oh yeah, in the name, 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 Jesus, oh yeah, that anointing. 
In the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, that anointing. Oh yeah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh yeah, that anointing. That anointing. Oh yeah. Never the same, Rose. In the name of... Man, I tell you, it's going fast. You know, we only got two more nights. Never the same, Lord Jesus. Never the same. Lord, she's a third grade school teacher. Lord, she, she's got kids all day. Lord, she needs a double dose from heaven. Jesus. She needs a double dose. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Drunk. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rabba Kista, Livre Bashista. And the Rose, whoosh, Shavre Bakista, Livre Bata. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Never the same, never the same. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus laid hands on the same person more than one time? Jesus. And he had the Holy Ghost without measure. Never the same. That's that anointing right now. Oh yeah, never the same. That's that anointing. Oh yeah, never the hobra. Yeah, yeah. Now let that joy bubble out of your belly. Now let that joy bubble out of your belly. Oh yeah, yeah. Let that joy bubble out of your belly. Oh yeah, let that joy bubble. Yeah, let that joy bubble. Yeah, let that joy bubble. Oh yeah, that's it, Rose. Let that joy bubble. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rama, let that joy bubble. Oh, let that joy bubble. In the name. Go ahead. At the joy bubble. Yeah. Bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling in my soul. This joy. This joy. I just got to let it flow. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, now you sing about the joy, now let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Go ahead, you sing about it, let it flow. Come on. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. There you go. Out of your belly. Oh, yeah. Out of your belly. Yeah, out of your belly, let it flow. Come on, out of your belly. Come on, out of your belly. Let that flow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, chemo. Don't let her out drink you. Come on. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Let it flow. That's it, Rose. That's it, Rose. (laughs) Yeah, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same, Rose. Never. Yeah, you don't have to cover your mouth. Ha ha ha. Let, let it flow. Let, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, let it flow. Yeah, you can hug all over your husband if you want to. Let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Out of your belly, Rose. Out of your belly, Rose. Out of your belly, Rose. How you doing tonight? Never the same. Never the same. Amen. Get ready for big things. Amen. Get ready for big things. Amen. Big things. Huge. Oh, I see it. Oh, okay. I see it. Oh, yeah. 
I see it all over you. Big thanks. Ha <laughs> Oh, rabakita rabasista. Morubasita levrobo rubasista. Marubakondareana basafra bosupre. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big thanks. Oh, yeah, 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 bro, supre bakita. Oh, rabakita lebra baki. Oh, brapa. You know, if you can believe it, you can have it. If you can believe it, you can have it. I think Sunday, I'm, I'm going to pick, I feel like Sunday I'm going to pick up on, I'm just going to talk about, well, I might do it tomorrow, you never know, but follow the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Never the same, never the same. The Lord touched you the other night. Never the same, never the same. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, buddy. Love you. Thank you, Jesus. Never the same, Rose. Never the same. Yeah, you'll never be the same. The Lord brought you. Listen, it's not an accident the two of you are here. Oh no. It's not an accident. God brought you here. That's right. I wasn't supposed to be here today. You wasn't supposed to be here today? No, no. I was actually supposed to be I didn't think I was going to be here at all this week, and then you just said you got the day off. Oh, hallelujah! Oh yeah. That's the Lord. Because everything that's here, God has you, you need. Never the same. I can even see it change in your face. Can you see a change in your husband? Since Monday, you can see a change in your husband? Yeah, he stopped cursing a lot. He stopped cursing? Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Listen, don't worry. I, I, the wife just tells everything. Trust me, I, I, I know everything. You know. I, I can't tell you how many times I've... Why'd you have to say that for? <laughs> he wants to give all the money that we don't have. <laughs> he wants to give all the money you don't have? He's like, let's give everything, every little penny in their wallet. <laughs> well, you know what? That, listen, that's called being radical and passionate for Jesus. Wouldn't you rather have a husband like that than, than out drinking and yes. smoking and womanizing and want nothing to do with church? Never the same. You know what? And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. You want to see what God... God brought you here for a reason. You watch and see what the Lord's going to do. You'll never be the same. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I condemn you right now to blessing. In the name of Jesus. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. And God's, and God's going to get your son, too. You're blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. We love you. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you know, I came here tonight. I was going to do something totally different. But when I stood up here, I just thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Isn't that right, Usher? Right. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. As, thank God for the Usher greeter. That's not a word of knowledge. I just read his name tag. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, come back here. Come here. Come here. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you. The fire of the... In the name of Jesus, never the same. Never the same in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good?
Do you know what? I, it just dawned on me. Do you realize that? I mean, we just got two more nights, Thursday and Friday. I mean, we'll be back Sunday, but just for this week. Thursday, it goes fast, don't it? Hallelujah, it goes fast. So you don't want to miss the next two nights. And Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I, I, I feel something in, in really big. You know, I said when I walked in on Sunday, I just felt bigness. I, I just, you can't always put natural words to it, but I tell you in the Holy, I feel something big. Big, 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 big. Amen. That's why I start speaking big, thinking big. Hallelujah. A whole nother level. Amen. A whole nother level. Glory to God. A whole nother level. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Have you been blessed tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Get on the phones. Bring those you know that need a touch from heaven. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Cards in the back. We love you. God bless you.